Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 20th of December, 2022, as I am recording this. Uh, and on today's show, we are discussing the transfer portal. We are discussing tampering. We're discussing National Signing Day. And also, Max Duggan's decision to go to the NFL. All of that and more is coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. We are 70 subs away from 3K, which is our goal. We're trying to hit 3K subscribers by the end of the month. That'd be great if you guys could help us hit that goal by subscribing. You guys can find us also wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, all those places. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore and also find the show at LO Big 12. Uh, this will be the Wednesday edition of the show. If you guys are interested in National Signing Day, covering it from a conference perspective is tough, especially now that we have 14 teams, uh, at least for 2023, that we have to do this for. Um, and, and so I would really encourage you all, if you guys are curious about certain teams, to go and check out our conference hosts. We have a lot of these teams covered. I mean, uh, the, the coming in teams, you know, we've got three of them covered, Cincinnati, uh, Houston, and also BYU. Uh, you know, we've got Oklahoma State covered. We have Oklahoma covered. We have Texas covered. We have got TCU covered. Uh, you know, we've got all of these, a lot of these teams covered, right? Kansas State, uh, I, I can do some stuff on that. I'll do some stuff in West Virginia, maybe some Iowa State stuff on my end. But most of the time, we have y'all covered uh, when it comes to these individual schools. So make sure you guys go check all of those out. KU, I think we got covered too. Yeah, uh, we've got covered. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, more from a broad perspective from from me. Th- the first thing about National Signing Day, you guys, is like, I think for me personally, one of the the more, I don't know, I don't love signing days just because I see a lot of the fan reaction um, I see the criticism of 17-year-old kids and 18-year-old kids and what they have decided to do. And uh, you know, and this is separate from like the NIL stuff, the, which we'll get into, the tampering and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I remember myself at that age making mistakes and I made a lot of them, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. I mean, only 25 now, but still making mistakes. And I, I made a lot back then. And like, yeah, I mean, these kids are still figuring out who they are as people, as football players, as athletes, you know, and they're going to go to these colleges and figure out who they are. And so like, yeah, they might make the wrong call. All right. But don't kill them for it. They're kids. I know they're getting paid now, too. So you feel like you got some, you know, ability to crush the kid a bit more. But really, let's be honest, they're still kids. All right. And even though money's involved, scholarships are involved, NIL is involved, uh, you know, your team's success is involved. Just remember, like, like they're kids. And Sports is my life. I cover it. It's what pays me. It's how I, you know, you know, pay the bills, the rent, the, all the the uh, medications, the groceries, all that stuff that you know everybody else pays for. Uh, but like these are still just games. They are these are people. They are kids, right? I think that's something that we important that we sometimes lose sight of when we get around National Signing Day. Um, especially if you read some message boards, there are some like insane posts. I know some of them are tongue in cheek, but like you see kids getting killed for a flip or whatever. And you don't know what went into that decision. You can assume money and sure a lot of times it is, but like you don't know the kid's situation and whatnot. I mean, you're on their, 
you know, paying for a subscription, like you don't know what that kid's financial situation is. So um, when it comes to individuals, I would say let's let's leave the lambasting for like your coaching staff who didn't do enough to secure a kid or your boosters, whatever. Like I know I don't might not agree with it all the time, but maybe that's where the the ire should be directed as opposed to the individual kids because we were all seventeen and eighteen once. Um, you know, for the most of us who are watching this, right? So let's talk about that. Uh, the tampering aspect. Let's get to this. So. What's changed in college sports, a lot of us know here at the NIL and whatnot, is that it's basically the same, some of the same game is being played, but now it's just out in the open, right? NIL makes it okay to be like, we flipped a kid from, I'm not saying this is happening, but Oregon to Washington, from Texas Tech to Oklahoma State, right? And, uh, you know, in the old days, the bag man used to come in late and give an offer that, you know, player X couldn't refuse. And there's, still some of that happening but now it's like you know the nil collective uh scrounged up some more money and gave a late offer that team x you know kid x y or z could not refuse right um and and that part obviously you have to get some some control on right how that looks what that looks like but still money changing hands at the deadline to make sure guys you know go a certain place it happens in, uh, you know, professional sports. It happens in college sports, obviously. And so I don't think we should be too critical of that. The places where we should be upset about it are like situations that we heard about today. So I tweeted about this and uh, it came up. Mac Brown made a comment. He said, I can't say who they are and don't ask Drake. You know who they are. Just look at all the ones who are getting all the top recruits. Referencing his quarterback, Drake May, and he was talking about some well-known schools attempting to tamper with Drake May and ask him to get into the transfer portal so they could go and grab him. Well, Pat Narduzzi, the Pitt head coach, added even more to that later on today when he was doing a radio hit somewhere, a 90, 97.3 a fan in Pittsburgh. He said that he's heard two schools who offered UNC quarterback Drake May $5 million to transfer. He won't say who, but he says he knows who. Uh, and then he says uh, it's out of control. It's only going to get worse. It's sad. It's a sad deal. So that's where we're getting up. That's where we're, we're at. Um, I don't know 100% about the it gets worse. It's going to get worse type deal. Um, it depends on what you think might get worse, but here is my two cents on this. So number one, um, the NCAA is accountable for this because they had no plan at all, like for when this became legal, right? And uh, this basically has now become, you know, free agency, but it's it's worse than what free agency is in pro sports because of the the lack of guardrails. Like, there are tampering guidelines in the NBA and the NFL and all of these things. I mean, Phil Jackson got in trouble for it when he went to a, he was one of the Knicks at the time, went to one of D'Angelo Russell's games when he was at Ohio State, right? We know there have been issues in the NBA with tampering constantly. It's something that's always talked about. And how much of player-to-player contact can you monitor? Sure, not a lot. But people reaching out to players who are currently on rosters, and asking them, you know, offering them certain amounts of money to come play at certain schools 
is something that should be policed. And so I think even to go along beside this, uh, Jeff Trailer at UTSA has said that he is submitting multiple examples of this happening to players at his school. That is something that he has said. And here's, and here's the quote uh, from Twitter. Dear at NCAA football, how does at UTSA football report power five schools who are trying to poach our young talent? How much evidence do we need to, uh, to make this not be a part of our game? And so look, I'll say some of this stuff from coaches can be disingenuous because they probably all tried this other people. But like, if you look at a Frank Harris who's coming back for his senior season or, you know, his last season at UTSA, how is this not happening to a guy like that? Right. And so this falls directly in the tweet of NCAA football directly back on the NCAA who decided as opposed to prepare for what felt like the inevitable college kids being able to make money off their name, image, likeness, which always felt like it was, it was fair, right? As opposed to preparing for that, they chose to spend time fighting that in court and they lost badly a lot. And now that it's come, does anyone believe they've got teeth on anything? Because we're watching, you know, we saw Oklahoma State get punished. It was garbage. We're watching uh, Carolina basketball get off easy. I thought Kansas basketball got off pretty easy, right? Um, you know, I thought I, I did think that Arizona basketball guys like it. Basketball programs are so small, and the idea that Sean Miller didn't know anything. And here's the problem: is like, you know, is it about what you can prove? Sure, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but don't we always say the buck stops with the coach, right? So if people are running a muck in your program in Sean Miller's program. And like, guys, look at a college basketball bench. I'm telling you, you go college football sideline, gigantic, right? There are coaches, there are GAs, there are tons of players, there are support staff, and doesn't count the people in the booth. There are not as many people behind the scenes for a 15-man basketball roster as there are for a 100-player college football roster, right? There's a reason why there are multiple guys with the same number on the field. You know, and sometimes you have penalties, right? If number two and number two are on the field at the same time, there's a reason why, because sometimes we have to repeat a number or two at a certain spot to make sure everybody can, you know, be available and whatnot. Right. So that's the different reality. And Sean Miller, you know, is, is, is let off the hook, Right. And other people are getting these massive show calls. Like, all right, so Sean Miller had no idea. No, that's the problem with this, right? And so now we focus our attention on these things. And the NCAA does nothing about Arizona. And some people think they should, shouldn't, whatever. But like they, their ability, their teeth, uh, they've gone. You know, the, the idea, I mean, it's always been, in my school, Missouri was a big learner of this. Uh, you know, lawyer up and shut up. That's what you should be doing when these things come to your doorstep. And, uh, you know, the NCAA, uh, we'll see under new NCAA head, you know, Charlie Baker, former uh, uh, or current, I guess, but about to be former governor of Massachusetts, whether or not they can control these things. But my my thought is no. And my thought is that it's going to be a new body governing this. But here's the problem is that what are we talking about with the guidelines? Are we talking about NI, you know, we talk about NIL collectives as nonprofits or whatnot. How do we, uh, how do we regulate exchanges, right? So 
What are we paying the player for? Appearance here, you know, show up there. How are those businesses slash players protected uh, to make sure they get the money that is being, you know, it's being guaranteed to them? How do the businesses or whatever ensure that they're getting the return from the athlete? What happens if said athlete decides to transfer and the contract is multiple years? All of this stuff is not being, and that's not even mentioning the tampering part. What is the penalty for a third party? Because here's the thing, guys. Drake May could show you, could um could show you whatever contact has happened, right? He could show texts, he could show call records, and I'm sure some third party means are being used, but I'm sure all this stuff could be proven as well, just as much as they're trying to circumvent the system. It could be pretty easily proven that people are going out of their way to do this. And our my colleague, uh, SiriusXM, Gabe Biker, I mentioned him a lot, but he mentioned this too. It At this point in time right now, because there is so so there's such a lack of regulation, the only people who could catch the um, the, per, the perpetrators, you'd say, of, of this tampering are the players because they're the ones with the evidence to expose it. And they're incentive, you know, they're, they're, I mean, not particularly incentivized to do that because maybe they could transfer at some point in time, whatever, but like, or also, and also their job is not to be at the center of a massive scandal about cheating and tampering in the transfer portal of NIL. Some of those kids are just like, you know what? I want to play, right? I want to play. I want to make some money on NIL. Uh, and I don't want, you know, I might want to say, Hey coach, uh, or Hey, you know, collective, I'm getting paid. They've offered me this much. Can you guys up it so I can stay here and play football? All that kind of stuff is happening. And like, there needs to be a serious governing body figuring all this out because it is so hard to wrap your head around all of it. And look, do I agree with Pat Narduzzi where it's going to get worse? I'm not sure I do necessarily because at some point in time, I mean, maybe, maybe he is right. Maybe I am wrong, but like, are we are people just going to keep paying tons and tons of money for athletes or is it just because we're in the infant stages of NIL that we're going to see these massive amounts i mean the market eventually does correct itself right that's kind of how these things work what is the value uh nico i always forget how to say his name amalieva right is a quarterback at a uh, tennessee he's going to be or i'm not sure if he's on campus i think he actually is on campus now um you know, the, the rumor was $8 million for his commitment to Tennessee and his time there. Um, do these, at a certain point, do these businesses or business figures or whoever it is putting money into the collective care about ROI, return on investment, or do they not care about it at all? Because if you don't care, then the mo- it's, it's funny money, right? You're not doing this for ROI. I think that's one big thing too. Like some people are, some people want to return on investment. A lot of people are just doing it to get the kids at the school. And then how much money will you put in before you say, you know what? I put enough in. It's not turning out. Maybe AM boosters could be an example of this down, down the line. We'll see. I'm not sure. But like, when do they say no? So there are all of these questions that have to be answered, but they could be answered, you know, in a way where it's like, uh, how about we just police this? How about there's a way where you can report messages? You can report uh, phone calls. The player can submit a written statement saying, Hey, this happened to me. We had a, I had this person contact me, uh, asking me if I was interested in going to X place. And they told me their collective called X could offer them, or, you know, and I think they're referring to X 
could offer them this amount of money. And then an actual governing body who's got some teeth, who's got some gumption, could go and investigate this, actually does something and then does something about it in terms of penalties. But that's going to come on the schools to like form that governing body. The conference is to form that governing body. And I'm not sure with the way all the conference interests work right now, everybody's going to want to do that. So this this is the problem that the NCA had their chance and they they missed and actually didn't even take a shot at it. And their, their shot was trying to shut it down, not regulate, not try. And here's the thing. They were not going to be perfect when it started off anyway, but they never even had a chance to be adequate or average or below average because they didn't even try, right? Well, we'll let the states handle this thing. It's an embarrassment the way they let this thing go all the way there and, and get to this point that it's at. So look, a lot of this is a factor in with the transfer portal right now happening. Also, um, you know, with with signing day tomorrow, a lot of this comes into play and it's going to continue to be there, too. But but eventually there will be a if, if things persist, there will be a Drake May who decides not to stay at Carolina. Right. This kid, Drake, I mean, you know, Bud Elliott even said like five, six, seven million dollars in the open market. And that's being confirmed here. Five million dollars for Drake May, who is going to be leaving next year. And obviously for the same amount of money, it's a billion dollar business. I'm not surprised, but like somebody's offering $5 million to leave the, to, to enter the transfer portal. He is a UNC Tar Heel. They're calling, calling him, offering him seven figures to go play somewhere else while he is on a roster. Who is going to be the organization, the body that says, UNC, submit it. We'll see. Submit, submit that. Submit the call. Submit whatever else you want. And uh, we'll take a look at this. Now, obviously, it's a player's consent, but the player consents, you know, that we should be able to do all of that stuff. So let us see on that front what happens. Uh, next topic here, really fast. Max Duggan declares the NFL draft. Right call, question mark, is my headline here. Um, from people on the draft side, it sounds like they think this might be the wrong call. But here's the number one thing about this, and as much this is much like kids picking their school and whatnot. If Max Duggan feels like at this point he's played four years of college football and he is ready to move on with his life and go be a pro, and go be a pro, to be honest, which might not have been something that about a year ago he thought was possible, uh, who are we to say this is a bad choice? If he's ready to move on after this season and be like, you know what, Stetson Bennett, great. The encore might be just as good as the as the first one, right? The sequel might be just, just as good as the original for Stetson Bennett. They might win another Nash championship, and it might be because he played a lot better. Sure. But maybe for Max Duggan, that's not the case. That's not what he wants to see happen and also likes his chance to go play. I, said, I tweeted this out the other day, but I think Max Duggan, much like Ellinger and Skylar Thompson before him, are going to be some of these big 12 guys that we see go to the league and not be starters, but have long careers because they are good guys. People believe in them. They had some success in college and they are dependable dudes. It seems like who everybody else really likes around them and can go make some serious money. I mean, a lot of the Missouri tiger legend, Chase Daniel, that guy is just cashing those checks over and over and over and over again. And Chase Daniel, man, I mean, you know, uh, a guy had a great career and it kind of compared Max Duggan with all the success that he had. Max Duggan, obviously now number two, finishing the Heisman. Um, and so he's got a chance. And like, yeah, there's a lot of parts of Max Duggan's game that have to be refined, especially for an NFL level. But the guy wants to go on to the next level. 
there are some people who think, hey, he could have done this for recruiting purposes. Maybe they want to bring in another person. You know, he could have come back and played next year. And and um, I think it would have been cool to see. But like, I think he knows this this team is special. And maybe his success this year, he believes this is the best time to capitalize off of that. There are a lot of theories on this. My number one thought is it's the right call if this kid after four years in college believes this is the right call. Uh, you know, much like Spencer Sanders spent four years at Oklahoma State and said, you know what? This is it's it's time for me for my future to go somewhere else to make some money to go to go play. Max, it sounds like he could have made, you know, upper six figures. But you know what? He said, nope. I'm at the point now where my my path is I want to go to the league and fight for a spot in the NFL. I think that is what I want next. Spencer Sanders wants to play for one more year. Max Duggan wants to go and fight for a spot in the NFL. Are we to tell them they're wrong? Look, if Ma- if if it's all about playing football, then yeah, Max Duggan should go and uh, should stay at stay at TCU. That is where he is more likely to play football next season. But if Max Duggan really just cares about, you know what, like it's my time. It is my time to capitalize off the great season that I had and go to the NFL and try my luck at the next level, which probably was something that when he was the backup guys, name the backup, you know, three or four months ago, probably not possible. And now it is. How can we blame the kid for saying no? Sucks. I'm going to miss him. I mean, I, I, I'll maintain this. Like watching him in the Big 12 championship game is one of my favorite performances ever. Watching him at the end of the Baylor game was a spectacular thing to do. Um, going to miss that guy. Would love to watch 12, 13, however many else more games we would get of one Max Duggan at TCU. But you know what? If he feels like it's time, then, then uh, who are we to say no? Uh, for draft stock purposes, could he raise it? Could he work on some things next year? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? But, you know, also too, like if the guy thinks he's ready to play and he's also the guys, I'm done with college. Like, okay, he's done with college then. He's, he's ready to go to the next place, onto the next challenge, next phase of his life. And maybe he says he regrets it down the line. But you know what? This is the decision he's making now. Uh, and, and it leaves a very interesting situation for TCU. Do you ride with Chandler Morris? It feels like, yeah, I mean, the guy won the job at a camp anyway. But is there somebody else out there because of the success that you've had this year that might want to come be a TCU Horn Frog that you feel like could give Chandler Morris a fight or might deserve the job more and or whatever? But that, that that's out there right now. So um, I think it's a very interesting decision. I, I'm kind of on board with it for that reason. Um, his future definitely unsure as it comes to Max Duggan, but – he feels like he's ready, man. Like, who are we to tell him no? I, if you love Big 12 football, you got to wish nothing but luck for that kid who seems like an amazing dude. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Uh, get the show wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, please subscribe. Help us get to 3K by the end of the month. All right, So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.